Hola, so this morning we return to the second phase of the practice of shamatha without a sign as taught by Padmasambhava. Looking right into our actual sense of being an agent. And so when we're doing the practice, we're doing, we're doing something. We're releasing the awareness, inverting the awareness. We're not doing much, but it's more than nothing. And the, when one is probing into the very nature of the agent, the very easy but kind of dead end, dead, end, dead end answer is, I look for an agent, I didn't find one. Next. You know? And so then we get you know, phrases like thoughts without a thinker and all that kind of thing, which sounds very nice, but it doesn't really go anywhere because no one's willing to live that way. Because it's not, number one, is not true. That there's no agent, there's no, think, there's no thinker. You mean there's no person. Because a person is the thinker, right? So if there's no, if I'm if I'm thinking and I'm a person and there's no thinker, then the person doesn't exist, which means I don't exist. But then I'm not talking, and you're not listening, and so it's just a slippery slope to complete nihilism. By the time you knock yourself out completely and say I don't exist at all, all you have to do is follow the same logic and nothing exists at all. But now, exactly what does that get you? Where's the benefit from that? And number one, it's foolish. Number two, it's foolish iPhones exist. You know, they have causal efficacy. And I exist. I have causal efficacy. Keep on banging myself on the head. You know. So, to examine how do we really feel that we are existing. You know, there's someone here. There's someone there. And so who is this agent who is listening, who is talking, who is meditating, inverting and re- releasing the awareness? And as you probe inwards, if you pr- as you're probing inwards, you don't find any sense. Just nothing comes to mind. And you're drawing the conclusion, nothing's coming to mind. Examine that which drew that conclusion. Because that's an agent. That's a thinker who just drew a conclusion. That's called doing something, drawing a conclusion. And examine who was it that, who was it that just drew that conclusion. And so what you may come up with is some type of an appearance. And bear in mind, there are more objective appearances. As I gaze at Alan's blue shirt, that's more objective. I can imagine his blue shirt. That's more objective. But there are subjective appearances as well. I like that color. I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to that color. I don't like that color. That color makes me anxious and what have you. There's subjective appearances. There's more objective appearances. And they're all appearances. And so as you probe inwards, attending to your actual sense, what arises when you attend? to who is doing it and something comes to your awareness keep on examining until something does if it doesn't the first time try it another 10 or 20 30 times and it will come to come to mind something will come to mind and then you may see that what comes to mind is just an appearance and it's an empty appearance because it's not you it's just an appearance but may, it may be an appearance that we've been clinging to identifying with and reifying. So when you think of yourself and all the things you've done, not just when you're inverting and releasing your awareness, but all the things you've done, and you think, what kind of a person are you? Because the kind of self-image we have is largely based on what we've done. Not only, also what we feel and think and hope, so forth, but oh, a lot on what we've done. right? And so 
as we identify with images pertaining to I, the doer, on the basis of that, we may develop an intensely low self-esteem that drives us into misery. On the basis of that, we may develop incredible sense of narcissism and arrogance, pride. Look what I've done, you know? All based upon appearances. And so probe inwards upon that sense of being the agent who's meditating well or poorly, mediocre, up and down. Check out who is this meditator, you know? Who is this person? What comes to mind? And then as you do so and you inspect carefully, see it for what it is. And I will suggest, here's a hypothesis. Something does come to mind. It is an appearance and it's empty. There's nothing to the appearance than the appearance. It's just an appearance. Therefore, it's called empty appearance. Empty appearance. And it's not a person. Never has been a person. Any more than if you look in the face and say, oh, I'm handsome. So sorry. A face has never been a person. Has never been, is not, will not be. And so if that's who you think you are, a face, ugly, old, pretty, handsome, so sorry, big mistake. It's just an appearance. So as you probe in there, see, it is an appearance. There is something. I do have a sense. I do have a sense of being someone who does things. And there's the appearance and it's empty. It's empty. There's nothing more to it than just the appearance. And it's just as real and just as unreal as thoughts that arise. Thoughts, too, are just empty appearances. Thoughts, images, emotions are empty appearances. And then when we come to mind, when we bring to mind thoughts, and then we think, what's the referent of the thought? An image of my mother comes to mind. An image of my car comes to mind. Let's shift to another just inanimate object. My car back in Santa Barbara. Image comes to mind. There's an image. And now what's the referent? And then if we apply Majamaka reasoning and investigate the referent of the thought, there's my car sitting in the garage. You find the car is empty. It's just an array of appearances, empty. But there's no car. There it is. There's my mudra, the fist. There's no car existing from its own side that has all of the appearances, that has the shape, has the color, has the weight, has this, has that, has that. Where's that car? All I see is appearances, and the appearances are empty. So whether it's the agent, whether it's the action, whether it's the referent of the action, whether it's the thinker of the thought or the referent of the thought, they're all equally real, all equally unreal. They're all empty appearances. Hence, on this theme, so we're definitely slipping deep into Vipassana territory here. In the Heart Sutra, form is empty. Emptiness is form. And that's referring to all forms. All forms, to all the senses. Form is empty. Emptiness is form. Emptiness is not other than form. If you're thinking, set aside all the forms, and oh, there's the abyss. There's the void. Big mistake. Then you're just reifying the void and keeping the appearances chunky over on the side. Give me one side order of appearances, but a main dish of emptiness, please. Like two different dishes. Emptiness is not other than form. And apart from emptiness, there is also there is also no form apart from emptiness. There's no form apart from emptiness. They're completely indivisible. And likewise, 
feelings, discernment, mental formations, and consciousness itself. Empty. Oh, that's quite amazing. Very different way of viewing the world. It's actually authentic. So, in the actual method, settle body, speech, and mind. Let your awareness come rest evenly with no object. Draw your awareness in upon consciousness. Release into space. Into the luminosity of consciousness, into the emptiness of space. Luminosity of consciousness, emptiness of space. Invert more deeply into that lived sense of the agent. Release into space. And when you, ti- when, you, when you feel the time is ripe, release the oscillation, come to rest in the center. The center which is luminous and empty. Appearances and emptiness. Oh, that's really amazing. So amazing. Let's practice.